0: Welcome to the Elizabeth Ryder Show, where we talk about optimizing health, personal evolution, and defining what true wellness means to you. I'm your host, Elizabeth Ryder. I'm a certified health coach, longtime blogger, and author of The Health Habit. On this podcast, we dive deep into all things health and well-being, from physical and mental health to spirituality, relationships, lifestyle choices, and personal growth. Each week, I bring you inspiring interviews with guests and thought leaders, as well as solo episodes where I share my own experiences and insights. My mission is to give you practical insights, inspiring stories, and transformative tools that can help you unlock your full potential and create a life you truly love. I hope this podcast serves as a valuable resource to develop your sustainable habits, mindful living, and an overall state of health and happiness.
1: Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Elizabeth here. I want to welcome everyone. We have a lot of new listeners and a lot of you coming back. Thank you all for being here. I want to do something really fun today that is a greatest hits collection because recording these weekly podcasts has been such a joy. And honestly, even, you know, this is my this has been my work for well over a decade. And I'm still just in awe of everything that our guests have brought to the table. These episodes are so just jam-packed with good information, feel-good information, useful information, scientific information. I am all about bringing you the best information so you can make better decisions for you in your life. And even doing the solo episodes has been so fun. I take the feedback that we get on our website, on social media, uh, via email in response to my newsletter, and I just want to bring you the best of the best every single month. We have amazing things coming up. And I wanted to just pull clips from our first, I think we're doing six episodes today, so a little sprinkling of our greatest hits in case you're new here and you just want a little bit of a tease, a little bit of a sample of what's to, to be here, or if you've been here for a while and you just want some great reminders. So I've gotten some good feedback from a lot of the newsletter listeners who respond who love taking me on a walk when you do your morning walk or exercise or maybe you're in your car. I love being here with you. This, like I said, you know, I've been blogging for over a decade, writing and doing the podcast, this audio format has been so fun. I genuinely feel like I'm just sitting here having a coffee with someone. When we have expert guests on, I feel so lucky that I just get to sit here and talk to these people who know so much about so many totally different things. So today we're bringing you these greatest hits and we're starting off with episode one. With my health journey and how it began, I think it depends on how long you've been here. Some of you have been here a long time. Some of you are new, but some things that people don't know about beginning, you know, the beginnings of my health journey. The one thing that I always go back to is understanding and, you know, for myself and then delivering this message to everyone in the audience is that you do not have to buy into strict dieting and diet culture to be healthy. You can live a wonderfully healthy lifestyle without naming the way that you eat and being restrictive. And there's so much wonderful information and education out there for all of us. I talk about some natural remedies that I've tried and really what it means to take to make the decision to take control of what your health looks like. So here is that clip from episode one. I decided that I was going
0: to change the way that I eat and I started focusing on fresh food and mostly fruits and vegetables. I definitely wanna say this, I believe in the 80-20 lifestyle. I am not a strict dieter. You might see me out, you know, eating tacos or enchiladas or something at some point. I'm not into defining diet styles and saying that it has to be a certain way, but I do believe it's very, very important to fill your body up with real foods. And again, that's how the blog started. It's just a healthy food, food blog with lots of healthy recipes. And that's where I got my start. I also dove into understanding natural remedies with my naturopath. I started doing something called blood ozone treatments, which might sound a little scary if you've never heard of something like this, but it actually made me feel tremendously better. It's called autohemotherapy. Ozone in blood treatments has been used for I think over 100 years, probably 200 na- years now at this point in Europe and in other places. What happens is it's kind of like getting an IV. They take, hook you up um, to what looks like an IV. They take some blood out. They mix that blood in a bag with medical grade ozone gas. It's actually fascinating to watch because the blood turns bright red because ozone is three oxygen molecules. There are free radicals in your blood, which is looking to pair with one of those oxygen molecules. And when that happens, it becomes O2, it becomes oxygen and it turns bright red. And then they actually leaving it in the bag, they put your own blood back into your body and that hyper oxygenates your blood and your tissues. And some people do it um, just for energy. This is what some people would call blood doping in athletics. This is something that's used that athletes do to increase their energy. And it made me feel tremendously better. That's just one example that I wanted to give you. I'm not I'm not a doctor. I'm not recommending that to anyone. That's just one example of when I decided to take control of my health and I decided that I was in charge and I was going to start doing things instead of just taking this little pill that they were giving me every single morning. And I'm happy to say that now that I'm 40, I'm actually on a lower dose of thyroid medicine than I was in my 20s. It wasn't about completely saying I'm never going to take thyroid medicine again. It was about saying, how can I treat my body in a different way? How can I improve my health? And how can I make sure that this doesn't just keep going down the path of getting worse and worse and worse and worse every year? And that's where a lot of the blog and my business have come from. And now this podcast, I want to take you guys through your own personal health journeys. What worked for me may not work for you. I'm going to have a lot of experts on and guests, and you may be able to find things from guests and experts that help you achieve that optimal living um, and that optimal well-being
1: that I know that everybody is after. All right, moving on to episode two, Susie Moore is one of my favorite humans on the planet. She's one of my dearest friends. She is the one that we gave the mic to at my wedding. We didn't have a bridal party. I had my two stepdaughters were my bridesmaid and maid of honor. They are preteen and teenage. We didn't expect them to give a speech, but Susie had asked if she could say something at our wedding. And I just adore this woman. I adore her outlook on life. She is somebody I want to surround myself with. And she just has such a beautiful way of looking at life she spoke to us about in episode two about making a big change no matter what your circumstances are in life and making transitions quickly we don't need to ruminate over decisions something and i don't remember if she said this in the podcast i don't think that she did but i will tell you this now that susie sent to me was a long time ago that is such a beautiful way to look at life is there are no right decisions or wrong decisions there are just decisions and i think We as humans can become so existential and ruminate. And of course, we need to think through things. This isn't to say that we don't want to think through our life decisions, but we can make decisions quickly and we don't have to overthink things. And there are no wrong decisions. There are only decisions. And decisions are what move you forward, what create transition and what create change. So I love how she talks about we can understand that life can give us more than one true love if we're open to love and just saying yes to life. So here is this fantastic clip from the episode with Susie moore
0: you're moving to australia tell us a little bit about australia too because that's the other thing i think people see you and heath who you are this gorgeous couple you guys have this beautiful life and i think people are like wait that wasn't always the case like what so you move to australia you're 18 you yes. go out into the world and what happens
2: yeah so i'm, I'm 18 on a gap year right you su- a gap year is really popular in the uk here they americans don't do them as much i don't think but I was going to go to Australia for a year, volunteer, and then go back and then take my place. It was at Nottingham University where I was supposed to go. And then in that year, my dad died. I really loved where I was. I, I fell in love with a boyfriend that I had at the time. And we just agreed to get married so that I could stay. And so at 19, I got married to someone who I knew for a, a few months. And... I mean, let me tell you, we had a lot of fun. Like that was a very, that was a very happy period in my life. You know, often we look back at, this isn't, let me just say something about this, because this has come up in a couple of conversations recently. Sometimes we think that there's like one true love or true love means one person or it means forever. Life can give you many loves. Yes. And you can treasure each one. Yes. And I, the way that I think about true love, it's not something that lasts forever or that's perfect, but it just means that having the courage to love truly. And that can happen more than once if you're brave. Yes. And so I got married, got divorced. That marriage didn't work out. He had an addiction issue. And look, I wasn't perfect, I was growing up. And I just decided to stay. I already had a life there. I started working young, I started saving money. I bought my first apartment when I was 25. And I just remember thinking like, you know, where to next? I always wanted to come to America. Uh, Eight months after leaving my husband, I met Heath. And not long, a couple of years after being together, we had the opportunity to come here. And of course you say yes to life. saying yes to life one thing that i i love to joke about or repeat because for me it's true is like the statement underthink it like Mm -hmm. underthink it feel it feel it like don't trust what you're thinking all the time there are too many thoughts feels good go so long as you're not hurting anybody i'm not saying you know go for it steal like whatever feels good and fun but if you're doing something that's right for you it's for the highest good of you and as far as you can tell anyone else involved then Maybe think a little less. Thinking can be the enemy. I think we can trust our hearts a bit more.
1: There's so much inspiration wrapped up into this greatest hits episode. I love episode three with Alison Limbadas. When I decided to start this podcast, Alison is one of the first people I texted. She's one of the most successful entrepreneurs that I know, and she is somebody who just is not at all here for you know to be a quote influencer. I think she's in, she even says that in the episode. Although she is the founder of Outfit Formulas, author of the book Outfit Formulas, over 100,000 women have taken her Outfit Formulas um, classes and are part of her membership. She's a wildly successful entrepreneur, and she is just here to make people's lives better. She helps women build confidence through getting dressed in the morning, whether your budget is Walmart or your budget is net-a-porter. It doesn't matter if you're a high-end designer or you're on more of a budget, she takes women through these short lessons of helping you understand how to identify your style love getting dressed in the morning she's got a great story about how she was you know wearing yoga pants and wearing her hair in a ponytail every day which sometimes that's warranted but when you do that day in and day out for long periods of time your self-worth can really go in the toilet and about how getting dressed to your own standards and style not to anybody else's whether that's casual or more refined or however it is you want that to look She helps women do that. And I just think Allison is such a quality human. I love everything she puts into the world. And the way she talks about taking action, despite the chatter in her mind, the imposter syndrome of who do you think you are to start a membership? Or who do you think you are to write a book? Or who do you think you are to be here? Um, And I know so many, I faced those, that chatter in my mind and that imposter syndrome. And the way that she tackles that head on is so beautiful. So, here is one of my favorites from Alice Lulatis. What was a self limiting belief, or what
0: was something that you had to overcome in order to
3: scale to such a big level? I
1: think it's, you know,
3: imposter syndrome has been there since day one, honestly. It was there when I was a quote influencer. I never felt comfortable in that space. I, I still don't consider myself an influencer in the traditional sense. And then, whenever I shifted gears into being an entrepreneur, that when that was when it really kicked in you know i started telling myself all these things like you don't know anything about business um you don't know anything about budgets you don't know anything about hiring you know there were all of these obstacles to overcome and most days we're now you know in, in the custom app development space and i feel like i'm drinking from a fire hose every single day yeah and so it is a daily discipline to overcome Those self limiting thoughts and I think that the biggest key to this is just taking the action, you Mm -hmm. know, saying okay I hear you. I hear this chatter over here, but I'm going to go ahead and take action anyway, I don't have to know everything I don't have to have all the answers. And then beginning, I would say this is harder as you go through the years and you overcome different obstacles and challenges you start to develop more of that belief that okay I got through this hard thing so. I can get through this hard thing. And the hard things change and sometimes they get harder, but they're always going to be there every single day. So it's all always just that matter of taking the action, whether you feel like it or not. And and really that goes for getting dressed every day too. You know, I have to fight that little battle with myself in the morning sometimes. Do I wanna get dressed today? I know I'll feel better on the other side of that, but just creating that discipline of taking action on a daily basis has really just been the key.
0: Yeah. Well, now, I mean, like in your your town in Texas, like what if someone saw the founder of Outfit Formulas out without an outfit?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, they do. Trust oh, me. Oh, they
0: do. <laughs> That's great.
3: I've run into women in Target before with their shopping lists in hand from Outfit Formulas, oh, wow. and I've always, like, every single time it happens, I've either just come from the gym or I'm just like a hot mess. Let's just put it that way. I yeah. just know that I'm. It, that's just the way it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
0: The one, the time you're like, oh, I'm just going to run into Target. Oh no. Yeah. I tell people, you know, I've been a recipe writer and a health coach for a long time. You might see me out eating enchiladas. I don't know. I live the 80, yep. 20 lifestyle. It, it's it's going to happen. <laughs> exactly. I that.
1: Number four was a really fun Q and really enjoyed answering some, it was off the cuff questions that I got on Instagram, but one of my favorites was somebody had asked, what do I wish I knew when I first started my business that I wish that I knew now? So I won't spoil it. I'll just dive right into this short clip. It's something that if I could tell anyone who wants to get started or even reinvigorate a business or a career, this is what I would share. What do you know now that you wish you
0: knew when you started your business? Oh, that's such a good one. I will say that what I wish I knew is that, yes, you need the education. And this is one of the reasons that I teach my online courses, to teach people the foundations of what you need to know. So you're not reinventing the wheel of what somebody else had already figured out. And at the same time, these are two parallel truths yes, you need the education. Very important. But two, once you have the education, you don't need more courses. You don't need to learn more about Instagram. You don't need to learn more, 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 more. You just need to do. You need to get into action. So take the course, learn the basics, and then figure out how it's going to work for you and your business. A lot of people, I think women specifically, but all peoples, suffer from something I call credentialitis, where they think that they just need one more class, or one more certification, or one more thing, and then they will like magically be qualified to run a business, and none of that is true. You just have to learn the basics and then get into action and learn how to make it work for you because you're always changing, but the world is always changing. So of course, there are some elements of running a business that are important, but the world is changing so fast that whatever special thing that you have to offer, if you feel it inside of you, you need to teach it. If you feel it inside of you, you are meant to teach it. If you feel so excited to teach people how to ride horses, then you are meant to be a person that teaches horse riding lessons because everyone else who's not meant to be doing that isn't walking around thinking about teaching horse riding lessons. So for me, that was teaching about health and wellness and inspiring people to live better and to optimize their well being. I love doing that. I love doing that for myself and I love helping other people do the same thing. So if that is inside of you, you are meant to do it. Take the online courses to learn the basics And then realize that no one's method is gospel. There's not one way that's going to work for everyone to build a business. Just like there's not one way to eat. There's not one perfect way to lose weight. There are many ways to lose weight. There are many ways to eat healthy and there are many ways to grow a business. So my advice to you would be to learn the
1: basics and then just get into action and figure it out. Episode five with Julie Solomon, who wrote Get What You Want and who is the founder of Pitch It Perfect teaches influencers how to pitch brands and how to build a fantastic wildly successful career pitching brands. Um, Julie is also host of the Influencer Podcast with over a million downloads. She's a very successful podcaster and she's a great friend of mine. She has such a beautiful perspective on changing your life perspective, learning how to take pain and hardship and kind of being in the muck, like being in the middle of that difficult situation. And moving forward, whether it's a career change or it's divorce or it's something in your relationship or something with your health or just making any big life change, she is such a master at helping women in particular just take control of their life. And I love, love, love the way she positions a big life change in episode five.
0: Thinking about like moving forward through your own divorce, I think a lot of people don't know. When I did, I recently did an Instagram Q and A, and there were so many women of asking me, "How do you move on after divorce? What mentality should I have after divorce? Like, how do I, you know, put life into perspective, or how do I get through this?" And I think a lot of you know people look at someone like you. You are now very happily married. You have two beautiful children. You have this phenomenal career. Uh, you have your book, so many things, and people. I don't think know that you've gone through something like a divorce, and like, what was that period of time like for you, and what did you have to get real about?
4: Yeah, so um, you're right, Liz. I mean, it's unless you've read my book, you probably don't, or you've been following me for a for a long time, you probably don't know I was ever married before my marriage to to John, um, because it's not really part of. The brand story that I have shared and the reason why I wanted to put it in the book is because it's still such a monumental story and and at the time the way that I saw the world. And I will say, you know, my divorce happened when I was 27 years old. I married um, a guy that had been my college sweetheart Mm -hmm. and we were together for a very long time, but married for a very short time. and. You know now i've had i've had over a decade of you know being able to look back at this and i just um you know and i and liz you're probably gonna laugh and we we've had this conversation so i know that you're gonna relate but as as hard and painful as that divorce was it was the best thing that could have ever happened to me yeah And for anyone that's listening right now, that may be in it, right? Like you're in the muck and it's like, you can't even see the other side. Maybe you're someone who wanted the the divorce or maybe you're someone who didn't want the divorce, but here you find yourself in this situation. You're having to come to a place of acceptance. That was really the first step for me was accepting, do I have a part in this? I absolutely have a part in this. So what's my part to play? What can I learn from this? And can I just accept reality on reality's terms? And it was when I allowed myself just to be in acceptance and not that I was necessarily tolerating certain things or I was okay with certain things, but when I allowed myself just to accept the reality of the situation and just to accept him and things and all of that was that that was the time that I was finally able to get the courage to say, I know I wanna leave and I've wanted to not be here for a long time, but I've been so afraid to admit that because what does that mean about me? And what does that mean about the rest of my life? But it was, it was the courage to accept that allowed me to have the courage to make a change. And that was huge for me.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you said something so important that I want to say to anyone who's going through a difficult life change, whether it's a divorce, career change, or even if you're watching a sibling or a friend or a child or a somebody else in your life going through this, because it's it's hard to witness, too, as somebody on the sidelines. Someone explained to me once, it was Dr. Deb Kern, who's a, a coach in many ways. She told me that I called her when I was in the middle of my divorce, and I was like, I just, I don't know what's happening. I can't think straight. And she's like, that's exactly right. You feel like you've fallen off of a dock into a lake and you have hit the bottom of that lake and all of the sand has come up around you and you don't know which way is up, you don't know which way is down, you don't know which way sideways. You need to just give yourself a little bit of time and you will be able to see the surface again. And I think that was so incredibly important to hear And it was so comforting to hear at the time where it was like, just give yourself a little bit of time, keep taking care of yourself, and you will eventually make your way back to the surface.
1: And episode six with Farnoosh Torabi was such a fun episode to record. Farnoosh is a financial expert. She is brilliant at teaching people to take control of their finances and help them learn how to invest and keep things simple. We don't need to overcomplicate it. She is a multiple-time author. She is host of the So Money podcast that is has over a million downloads and does extraordinarily well. Farnoosh, I remember one time, I think it was like a year and a half ago, we were sitting down to watch that Netflix series explained or something on Netflix. And Farnoush popped onto the screen as the financial expert in the episode. And I was like, that's so great. I love that Farnouche, you know, can go from podcast to book. And then she's like on this Netflix series. She is just such a wealth of information when it comes to, again, keeping it simple with your finances. And she talks about in that episode about how your finances are directly linked to your health and your health is directly linked to your finances. And we got a great question from a woman um, that I'd put out on the podcast that we were having Farnoosh on, on Instagram. And this woman asked, I'm newly married. Should we have a joint account or separate accounts?" And Farnoosh had such a great answer about that really depends on your situation. she gave some examples. But The bigger thing is to ask, how transparent are we going to be in this relationship? And I loved her answer because I know it's not always great to get a question as an answer to a question, but what I loved about it was sometimes we start asking these really small questions about these small, minute details. I think people do this about their diets as well, when really we need to ask higher level questions about what we value. And I love how she says, how transparent are we going to be? Because if you answer that question, all of those little questions are going to be answered. So let's take a look at this clip from Farmoosh Torabi.
0: What advice do you have for a newly married woman, joint or separate accounts? Do you have an opinion on this or how would you help a newly married individual choose that path?
5: This is such a popular question. And I would say that before I answer this question, I wanna make sure that something more important is happening. More important than I think the question about separate or joint accounts is this question. What is our framework around transparency in this relationship? What Mm. is the expectation of knowing about each other's income and savings and debt and investments? Do I know how much my partner brings home every month? Do I know what's in his or her savings and 401k? And The reason this is important is because it's the groundwork. This Mm -hmm. is like, you gotta know, right? You gotta know what you're dealing with. If you're asking the question about joint or solo accounts, because part of you wants to know what's the strategy that's gonna be easiest or more impactful in our relationship, it doesn't, the logistics don't matter as much as how you are behaving in the relationship when it comes to money around the kinds of conversations you're having and the transparency and so, I used to be pretty strict about I believe in yours mine and our accounts. And that's how we did it in my marriage. And I used to think that that's what everyone should do, you know, have a joint account for the expenses that you share in and then separate accounts for your own managing your own financial autonomy in the relationship, which I still think is really important. But if you are a couple that is especially like if you've been if you're getting married later in life or you're just for whatever reason you wanna be keeping everything separate or everything together do you mm-hmm. but most important this is like the non-negotiable for every couple is we got to be able to have a system where i can see what's going on at all times and the cash flow and where our investment levels are at and whether that credit card p- statement got paid off last month because um Often, you know, it's human nature. We just want to get to the shortcuts. We just want like the rules of thumb. And and I get it, and those can be very helpful, but you gotta like take a giant step back and go, okay, um, what's our commitment around our money in this marriage, in this relationship? You know, what are our goals? And really, the transparency is so important. I have to say it because I have often met couples who've been married for years and they don't know their spouse's salaries. They don't know um, where the money's going. One partner is most involved or all involved in, in the money department, managing the money, and the other keeps his or her head in the sand. And I think that's way more problematic and more something to address than like, do we have joint accounts or separate accounts? I think that once you can get that foundation leveled and, determined in terms of like, you know, what we use in My Marriage is, is an app. It's called Empower and it, it basically it's free. The it is a free version. You can ass- essentially as- bring all your accounts to it, yours and your partner's, and then you log in and you can see where you're at in real time.
1: Yeah. And so you
5: don't have to ask about, you know, did that check clear or, you know, I wonder what my partner makes. Well, you can just go find out. Uh, and then from there, you can um, come up with a bucket system for your cash but at that point hopefully whatever you decide on is just um it will work it'll be obvious maybe at that point yeah. or you whatever you decide it, it will just be um you know and, and just a way to facilitate what's are already the good work that you're doing yeah um but i'm not strict that you say oh you can't keep all your money in one account Well, some couples, that's really important to them. Um, Just be really clear on the fact that if there is money that you want to spend on certain things, you don't want permission for that you've talked about it ahead of time. So it doesn't become a fight every time.
1: Okay. That is a little greatest hits episode of episodes one through six. Again, it's been so fun to record this weekly content. There's so many gems in every single episode. So depending on where you're at what you have access to and how much time you have, take a gander through all of the episodes. We'll keep doing these greatest hits because there's just so many little gems that I like to pull out and share with you. And what I was realizing after I went back and listened to all these clips was really these things, what everything had in common was taking radical personal responsibility. So, you know, having the courage to be self-aware and put your hand up and take responsibility for yourself and really to take action action is where all of your clarity will come from. You're never going to make the changes that you want or create the next step without action. So you can, you know, think and ruminate as long as you want. Sometimes we need to do that kind of stuff, but all of the magic will come from the action. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I will talk to you next week.
0: Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of the Elizabeth Ryder Show. I hope you caught something today that helped you uplevel your mind, body, and or health. If you want more episodes, insider notes, recipes, and resources, then make sure to subscribe to my weekly newsletter over at elizabethryder.com slash list, or simply go to the website and hit the subscribe button and enter your email address. You can also download a free recipe guide, a meal plan, or the top 10 micro habits guide while you're there. And if you are a person who likes to share things, make sure you share the show with a friend. And if you really like the show, I would be so grateful for a five-star review in the podcast app. Thanks for being here. I'll talk to you next time.